I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And we should be working. working. God damn it. It's one, two, (laughs) say it. (laughs) All right. I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And And we we should should be be working. working. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Eric. You were on. Thank you very much. Episode three, and this is episode 24, I think. That's way way too long. Oh, hi, Eric. Shut up, Jace. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jace and I were planning on doing a thing that's like the highlight of your week and the low light of your week. But now that now that I'm saying Mm -hmm. it, I'm wondering, can you actually talk about the things that were the highlight and the low light of your week on a public podcast? Or is this all private work stuff? Confidential? Uh, I probably wouldn't want to name like specific things that are highlight and low light from my week. Although probably isn't work related. Probably, you know, kid related. Yeah, I forget that your life isn't isn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Is any of our lives work? I feel like my highlights and lowlights are usually work related. Yeah, I mean that's because you're a horrible father and husband. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think I'm just I'm I'm average. If I was horrible, then some of my lowlights would be there. <laughs> there you go. Very true. Very true. You're you're run of the mill. That is very replaceable. Maybe it's just this is like a we should be working, and I, like my mind naturally goes there or something. Yeah, like that. that is the name of the podcast. So um, true. But we we don't talk about what my work. Your guys' work. Your high and lows are. Yeah, what's your high and low, Jason? Oh man, I didn't come prepared. I forgot we were even going to ask. <laughs> you're so unprofessional. You go first. I gotta think about it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I got a high. Uh, I actually started a pet project using React Native this week, and actually like put time oh, into yes. it. So that's been fun. Yeah, I love the. Yeah, guys are the best. Like I, I haven't had one in a while, and I'm definitely feeling it. Like I, I feel the lack of just you know that that jolt of excitement of just owning something and doing whatever you want with it and stuff. It's it's pretty pretty great. I this is like so depressing to admit, but um, I've been fixing my pet project's uh, need by doing ungodly things in Excel um, for work. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's it's a horrible horrible thing, but it, it's definitely been scratching that itch of like, I guess it's a hackery itch that I have in my brain of, of being able to uh, definitely using this tool for something I should not be, and that brings me joy. So yeah, so when when I first came to Wayfair, I I initially complained. Do you mean actually in Excel or, or Google Google Sheets? Oh, I've actually had to use Excel, which makes it harder. I will say, but uh-huh. um, but yes, actually been in Excel. Yeah, I came to Wayfair and I was very surprised that like everything is Google Sheets. Like no matter what it is, people use it for you know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, this is you know this is That's a giant cool. company. Don't we have? Aren't we like paying for some tools that can do this better? But <laughs> Don't I mean, we have real tools. Yeah. People just love Google Sheets. Are, are we paying for Microsoft Office? I, I will say this: if you if something is in a Google Sheet or an Excel sheet for like more than three months, then you've used it too long. That's the that's the right amount of time. It is a POC tool. Mm-hmm. And Why is that? After that is um, because it's just fra- fragile and brittle, and like uh, there's just better tools. All so are your formulas fragile and brittle? Ooh. And you need to upgrade Excel game. It's, it's yeah, it's a, no, no. I think my Excel game is just fine. <laughs> I, I will say, I will, I will. Okay, so I have a, uh, I have data to confirm that. So when I left college, I couldn't get a job, and so I was, I went to a temp agency, um, and uh, you have to take all these tests at the temp agency, and I like so blew the Excel test out of the water. Like the guy was like, "Oh my God, you are like the most incredible Excel person in the whole world," and I was like, "Okay, great. Can you get me a data entry job now? Can you just stop talking about this?" I need money, please. I yeah, I have. I have had uh, not had to use. I've had the pleasure of using some Excel things you put together, and I'm always amazed at the weird stuff that you managed to pull off. And yeah, you can get wild with them. I learned it all in one class. Actually, my freshman year college, I had a. It was physics for physics majors, and I was like, "Oh, I'm smart. I'm gonna take physics for physics majors," and it was like the hardest class I took for like three years of college. Um, nice. And I learned everything I needed to know about Excel in that class. It was it was it was an Excel class. That was the first like twenty percent. Just, just I've had throw... to use Excel in an internship, and that's it. 
Like I spent way yeah. too much time building out the sheet and everything, and they're just like, okay, and then just moved on. It's like, well, fuck you guys too. I said so exactly. Yeah. But that is the right thing to do with a sell sheet. You should always move on. It should be done. Well, well, they dismissed like, oh. it immediately. It wasn't immediately. like you know yes. a week or a few days. It was like, oh, okay, and then just we we moved on to the next thing. Yeah. The only thing that gets me about it at Wayfair is that a lot of people use Excel even when you could just use a regular document like Google Docs would be fine. Like I, uh, mm-hmm. the template that I got for keeping track of goals with your direct report, direct reports, which is just like you know a name of the goal and then some notes about it. Like that's that's in a spreadsheet. It's like that doesn't make any sense. This is not this is not data. This is just no. text. That's but, the opposite yeah. side. That's like not using it. That's it's too easy for a spreadsheet. Yeah, for just, for some yeah. reason that reminded me of. Uh, fucking QA testers that report their bugs in Word docs. Oh yeah, <laughs> with screenshots. Get, it's it's the worst. I used to get mockups in in Word docs. They would just be uh, like, oh, I've, I've seen that in. so bad. <laughs> yeah, so no. I had uh, earlier today actually. I had to fill out a, a. It's called a nine. Do you know? Do you all know what a nine box is? Is that ring any bells? Mm-hmm. So no. it's, I don't know if this is like an actual thing or if it's just a I don't know I don't know it, what it is but uh but it's a you fill it in with people so it's like what's their current performance and then what's their current potential like where do they where do you see them in three to five years and you like answer all these questions and then it puts them in one of nine boxes where it's three categories of job potential versus three categories of job performance and it's actually pretty interesting and yeah this whole thing was in excel you answer these questions and then it has this, this like formula that figures out which box to stick them in and yeah, stuff yeah that, that should not be in excel that's what i'm talking about like that's a that's a little tiny web app but it does like, all the calculations yes but- but yes. you'd have to you'd have to build a like th- this is the same argument i have about uh um thing what is that thing people use to build apps that is like web technologies but everybody electron this is my this is my electron argument. Is like people always argue about electron and say like you know apps that are built with electron are slow and they don't feel native. But the point is there are so many apps that just would not exist if it wasn't for electron, and it's better to have them and then be slow than to not have them at all. And like this uh, this tool wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Google Sheets. So I guess what I'm saying, Mike, is the first 15 times that somebody filled one of these out, they should have done it in a Google Sheet. That's a great idea. It's really easy to like iterate on. It's really fast. But there's probably now been 800 people that have done that little thing right there like there's enough space to build a little app to make that experience reasonable who's gonna build no, that crap eric though? no you have to you have a from what i Excel understand sheets will live forever at your company <laughs> they could, could pick that one up but the but if you do that every time that comes up and you know five years later you end up with ten thousand apps and nobody owns them and then all the dependencies are out of date and they don't run anymore and you have to migrate so them to really new. hold on I, fa- I figured it out. Eric, you need to build yourself an app and publish it that turns Excel sheets into apps. And then no. that way, why? No, that's, that, infinite no, money. No. And it solves your own problem. <laughs> infinite money. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly not it. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> but that's your argument, isn't it? To turn in Excel sheets that are going to last for a certain amount of time into apps. And then if you built an app that did that for you, but then no, every time you to... saw it, you could just squash build... it immediately. No, the point is that it's to build an app. The point is that there's an effort. The effort of building the app is the value, not that it is an app. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying like you iterate on something quickly in Excel because you can do that. It's it's just a tech debt monster. So at some point you it's, need to actually build it. Oh man, I disagree so hard. I think the tech debt yeah, comes in when you actually build a thing. Like if you if you build a, a no. something in Google Sheets, it still works in ten years, and there is zero chance that a web app would still work in ten years internal at a company when you've gone through like three infrastructure migrations and you know all that. After growth no, critic here, and you're making me look like an asshole now. Thanks a lot, Eric. No, no, yeah, that's it's. He paid me a lot of money for this, Jason. So, uh, <laughs> how much money? <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. But my, it's Wayfair so, bucks. <laughs> so I will say that uh, I don't think that's true. Either one of those parts is true as well. A spreadsheet from like ten years ago. I don't think you're guaranteed that it's going to work. So I'm not going to buy that. First of all, At five second years. of all. Uh, Second of all, like that can happen with technology if you're not crazy. I mean, I remember this is this is my this is a a, a pearl is awesome story. So, um, but I used to use this tool for doing ASCII art that was written in Perl called ASCIO. Um, it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Of course, you did. 
and no one had touched it for probably 15 years. And that 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 and it used uh, um, CPAN, and it still built like 80 percent of the time. And I thought that was amazing, and no one had ever touched it. So yes, if you write good code, it can last for a really long time. I don't I don't and think it's about there's stuff there's stuff that's been written from the 80s that is running in some closet right now that has been boarded up and nobody even knows that the room exists and it's still executing. So, no. Well, I mean, run. all all the airport code is run on Cobalt, isn't it? Yes. So doesn't that, yeah. It's, it's there's Cobalt no stuff that, that there, there isn't anybody alive anymore that knows what that code does and it's still working. Right. But, okay. That's like, people, we need archaeologists <laughs> to go, like, dig up the manuals for yes. that. There are several fatal flaws in your argument. Okay, here's fatal flaw number one is we're talking about web technologies here. And so if you build anything that doesn't just use like very vanilla JavaScript, then you're going to want to bring in like node dependencies and frameworks and stuff. And then eventually you run into like node versioning and like how do you upgrade and like this. There's there's a maintenance cost. There just has to be, right? Why is that not true of the web technologies that you're using? What? Why is that not? You're using Google you Sheets. You're saying it's a web technology. Yeah, you don't have to maintain the infrastructure. Yeah, you do. Like things break in Google Sheets when they upgrade it. Uh, so you're saying because it's a SaaS offering that that, that it makes it safer. Is all you're Yeah, trying. exactly. I I fully agree that it like I I've okay, built... so get a get a Node SaaS offering. I'm sure you can pay somebody to upgrade your Node modules. So are you saying but... SaaS offering like software as a service? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying Mike's just, making just the argument. Clarifying that. So yeah. you're saying you're saying not only should we pay our own engineers to build a thing that can already exist in Google Sheets, but then we should you're pay paying. a separate company to keep it up to date. I guess the sunk cost of the fact that you're already paying for Google Sheets does not mean that you should do it in Google Sheets. But what's the value though? Like, what are the problems you're trying to solve here? I'm I'm saying the complexity of Google Sheets is gets more and more breaking. Like the thing we're talking about right now probably isn't that complex, right? But I'll give you an example. So maybe maybe we realize, oh, there's a bug in our logic here. Well, there are 85,000 spreadsheets that have been made with that bug in it now. So like, we're not going to fix that data, right? Like, right. if you had it in a data system that was actually a data system, you could do something about that. Maybe you want to use that data to like do some. Hey, is there some systematic problem with the way that we do this? The system. Uh, well, what do we do? Oh, well, I'm just going to go read 8,000 spreadsheets. <laughs> um, to get that data out. Where if you build this an app, you'd be a database somewhere that has 8,000 entries in it, and you could do something with that. Like, there's all these things that a spreadsheet is meant to do one thing, right? And if, yes, if that's the only thing you're ever going to do with it, I get that. And that's why I do it, use it for a while. It's a really good prototyping tool. But at some point, it's probably useful to actually make it into a functional tool that can be used uh, and, and grown. All right, I buy that example. Yeah, if there are, if there if every engineering manager at the company is filling out these nine boxes and then they decide they want to change the formula, then you're kind of screwed. That's a, that's a fair point. Or if you want to do something with all that data that you got, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, also true. So so, so to me that's a like I I don't think a time limit is a reasonable like bar to look for. I think it's I think it's uh how maybe how many copies of a thing are being made or something would be yeah, would be more a- interesting. Yeah, I mean, I use that as just like how it, how long it's continuing to go on. But, but yeah, it's rough. It's a rough thing. I'll give another example. Like right now, we're using Airtable for a whole bunch of staffing stuff at phase two. And there's another team that's working on doing that same stuff in Financial Force, which is our tool for tracking stuff, right? I'm pretty sure when they get it there, it won't be as good as what we've built out in the Airtable. I'm so excited to get rid of this Airtable and do it in that, <laughs> that, that other tool. Right, it's like this fragile thing that has the UX that that is, you know, me making it up um, that I'd have to support people using. Um, but it's been incredibly easy to add new features to it. That's going to go away, right? When somebody's like, "Oh, I kind of want to track this thing," it's like a five-second thing. Oh, I, we're going to track that now, and that'll go away. But it's still totally worth it for the fact that we're going to keep on using this thing every day for, you know, years. Mm-hmm. So what happens with that new built thing and feature requests there? Yeah, that's the thing. Things will go slower. And probably every once in a while, we'll build an Airtable to like do to iterate on something. <laughs> and then we'll incorporate it into the thing. I mean, that's, that's really what happened, right? We already were using that tool. It wasn't doing stuff we needed. We built these other things to, to accomplish that expensively in the short term, right? And then we incorporated it into the, the overall tool for the long run. 
You just reminded me of, uh, I read an article about how, like, in my head, MVPs are always a good thing. Like, you should always try and work towards an MVP, you know, no matter what you're building, mm-hmm. you should always try and find, like, the, what's the minimum you can do and iterate on that. Uh, but the article was saying... Minimal viable product. You guys are using a bunch of abbreviations. Oh, did people not know MVP? I, yeah, it's not I, most valuable. I, I MVP means other things. <laughs> yeah. I love I love how Jason really expects other people to listen to this, and so he's fixing all of our acronym yeah. usages. <laughs> hey, we well, have like, thirty fans, dude. <laughs> I'm well. Well, I'm sitting here listening to you two talk, and you guys are using abbreviations. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, did he say SaaS? I think he meant yes. software as a service, not the actual like, code SaaS. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so I mean, I'm sure. just like, it's also for my clarification. And if I need clarification, somebody somewhere needs clarification. Somebody does. That's a bad assumption. It might just be you. It's probably just you, actually. <laughs> That's so, yes, fine. Then I'm just the guy that overclarifies. I'm I'm fairly positive that all of our thirty fans are, are smarter than you. So the deal is, if you're if you're if you're migrating away from a, an internal tool, then building an MVP is pointless because the point Shut of an up. MVP. No one cares. The point of an MVP is uh is to you know like figure out what is necessary and f- see what people think and and build on top of that and make sure you're solving the right problems. But if you're migrating from a thing that already exists, then everybody's going to hate it unless it solves all of the same problems that already existed. And that's kind of like what you're getting at, Eric. Like, you're getting away from Airtable, and, you know, you lose all that flexibility, and you're Eric, so you're like, this is great. But I think most people would be really sad about the fact that you were losing all these features, even if there are good reasons for it. No, nobody else is sad about this either, because they, they have to deal with the fragility of this thing and just, like, the lack of confidence in this thing, because it's, a, it's really not an MVP. It's more of a POC. And maybe that's the difference between a POC and an MVP. Well, that's a bad example too, though. But I mean, like, if you're if you're um, rebuilding a thing that works fine, but it's built really crappily, and you're you're just starting mm-hmm. from scratch or whatever, like, you're not going to get anybody to buy into it by building an MVP because they won't like it at all until it does all the same things the old version did. Yeah, then we kind of run into that with like projects, even like when you do like a full redesign and you like mm-hmm. make yeah. it all new and fancy, and even if it does do all the old things, nobody's happy ever. Like, ah, I liked it the way that's been for the past yeah, we, five years, ten years. We had a little, we had a little bit of that where people, you know, we're building a new platform for one of our clients, and there's people that are like, well, it needs to have this thing, and we're like, well, why? It's like, well, because web systems have this thing, and we're like, ah, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is not a reason. <laughs> um, but it's in that same thing, right? Like, well, that's what's supposed to exist. Um, uh, but I think part of MVP and in, in those like I guess part of MVP in those places is to get rid of the things that you don't need so yes everybody's going to complain and I think that's part of the point well the MVP should disrupt right because yes. it, it should disrupt whatever the old pattern was it mm-hmm. in my opinion I mean it depends though. and like, then you iterate from there if the problem you're trying to solve is just that the old one was built badly then do you also want to be solving a lot of other problems like you know the ux of it at the same time i think that's that's a little bit dangerous when you're trying to solve like 10 different problems at once well i think it well it depends how you you allocate the project or like the work to be done right because i mean if you if you see it as like just an internal project and you have like a small team to do it then you can be more official and probably get more done in a shorter amount of time but if you just have like some developers you know chipping in their over our times or on the weekends and stuff, then it gets a little more just ad hoc. Yeah, or not I, even ad hoc, sorry, just random. I guess I'm throwing out, I think you're right that there is two things there, but I think I'm comfortable with that. Like one is we're rebuilding this because maybe it's going to go, uh, maybe the support contract runs out, like whatever. There's some reason why we have to get away from this thing. But starting with, we're going to build something that we think is supposed to solve the core problem and we're going to ignore like all the edger stuff that you thought was important is an exercise in figuring out what, what was the actual purpose of that program. Mm-hmm. Right. The purpose of the program wasn't to do all the things that it did, probably. All right. So are you all ready for a, a semi-related topic change, something I've been thinking about? Is it is it what was the low point for me this week? Because that was all just off of what was the high point for me do this you, week. Do you have a low point that's not boring and stupid? Oh, it's this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, that one just set up so like just hanging curveball. Jason's <laughs> just waiting right. for it. Go ahead, Gritter. Say it. Say it. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't ready. <laughs> this is why we get along so well. <laughs> I, I get my epic wins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
so here's oh. here's the uh here's what i'm thinking um let's let's start with uh calculators so you know like calculators became a thing and a lot of people forgot how to do long division and you know like hard multiplication with like hundreds i never learned hundreds. how to do long division <laughs> so so like if i asked you to divide like 342 divided by like 16.8 or something like would you would you know how to do it by hand no, for real. I, I never yeah. learned how to do long division. I had skipped it because I transferred schools in the middle of fifth grade. And I think I, oh, I'd okay. say that's so about you, seventeen. So yeah, you'd you'd estimate yeah. <laughs> so like the point is like m a lot of skills have been mostly forgotten because technology has made them unnecessary. And and in some ways people are comfortable with that. Like most people are comfortable not knowing long division because they'll always be able to find a calculator if they actually need it. But I yeah, I feel this way about um aliasing like commands like like terminal commands and stuff like that yes like, yes I feel like i yeah and like shortcuts in ides and all that stuff like some are helpful and like super good but like people over engineer their aliases and hotkeys and stuff sometimes and it gets nuts that's what i'm getting at yeah so like another another good one is git wrappers like people don't want to learn the actual syntax of git commands so they just learn like right. Git wrappers that and uh somebody recently brought up gps like they think gps like turn by turn navigation is harmful because nobody actually oh. knows the way around their city anymore. They just re rely on their phone to to do everything for them. So the question well, is, where do you draw the line? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think with the GPS thing, people are not aware of where they are in their city anymore. Like not not necessarily where they're going. They have no idea of where they're at. So like if the GPS cuts out, they're just like, oh, I I don't know anything around me at all. It, it's very strange. To, to talk to people that only use GPS for, like, driving places and stuff. But why, like, GPS is generally as available as calculators. So why is that worse than not knowing long division? I, I can't remember the last time I've had to divide almost anything more than just, like, single digits. So it's, it's, a, it's a factor of, like, how often you have to do the thing is your point? I would think so, right? Or I, I would think that that would have a factor to play in it. I don't know. I feel like there's got to be there's got to be something like I, I think that I think that uh, it's just it's it's a it's the nature of the age that we're living in. Like, I think that 20 years from now, nobody, everybody like GPS will be in the same category as calculators just because people have had more time to get used to them. I, um, I feel like it already is. I, don't, I, don't, I think you guys are in the like, GPS is totally that way. Like, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I, well, like, I'm, I'm also different, right? Like, I don't own a car, and I drive very seldomly. So, like, I, I know where the few things I need to go to are. I, I don't need to like wander around and get lost and use GPS. But so you um, think that? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, so I'm. I guess I think part of it is that maybe, maybe it's, it's an age thing, right? So calculators have been around longer than GPS. So more people have been exposed to calculators for the entirety of their life than have been. So, like, I was just uh, talking with my wife about this thing called the Thomas Guide, which if you grew up in Southern California, everybody owned, which was a inch and a half binder map of the Los Angeles County area, because that's how much map you need to cover, you know, what is four states on the East Coast. Um, and yeah, uh, basically, <laughs> and it was ridiculous. And it was it was, in, you know, it sat in the floor of your car. Um, but it was a pain to look through, so you didn't use it unless you had to, right? Because it was it was hard. Um, uh, and you know, like my children will never, they'll never experience a Thomas Guide. Like maps are a novelty that they think are really fun um, because, uh, yeah, you know, that's, mm -hmm. so they'll never experience that. So they'll never think about back when I was a kid. People knew how knew where directions were, um, and I, I think there's still there was always people that didn't have a sense of direction, like so. Even in this world, my daughter, you're like anywhere in the world. And you're like, where is blah, blah? And she'll point to where it is. My son, you're like, where's blah, blah? And he will literally probably point the wrong direction. Exactly. Like he just doesn't my have man. a sense of, <laughs> of direction at all. <laughs> Wait, so you mean like if like you, you could ask her right now, where's New York? And she could point, point towards New York? Uh, yes. I mean, I would say usually things like in Austin, though, right? Like, but yes, probably she could. She, could, she would probably think through that and be like, yep, New York's that way. Um, That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm impressed by that. I can't do that at yeah. all, no matter what. Um, and you don't know where New York is. I don't know where I am. I have no idea. I, I don't know what direction I'm <laughs> facing right now. <laughs> right. So that's just a people thing. And I don't think the maps make that different. They just make it so the people that are bad at it don't have to learn to be adequate at that skill. And you don't, you don't think that's bad? Well, it is a crutch. 
I mean, yeah, bottom I mean, line, it, it is a crutch, but, but I mean, as long as it exists, but, it's an accepted crutch. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's so, like, I'm really happy that, that uh, Grammarly exists. We are too. Just be screwed yeah. if that I'm, wasn't the world. As someone who's had to re- read a lot of your writing, I'm also very happy. <laughs> right, but I mean, does Grammarly make it so other people don't have to think? Yes, but thank God, because well, it makes it so that I can function. What about how about this example? Have you all seen Apple AirTags, the new thing? No. You know, you know what tiles are? A tile that you like put on your keys. Oh, yeah, and, I have like, one of those. Yeah, you yes. got one. So Apple's Apple's releasing theirs, and it supposedly like blows everything else out of the water or whatever. Um, so I heard someone uh, uh, related thing where somebody was arguing that like probably in you know five to ten years everyone will just have GPS locators on everything and nobody will actually remember where they put everything anything anymore. They'll just like throw everything wherever and then you won't pay attention because you'll rely on the technology to find it for you. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You know what's even better? No, that Is sounds fucking horrifying. And it would just show up in my hand. Oh my god, that would be that'd be amazing. <laughs> I guess I guess I don't know why I think it's bad, but I do. Like it's just like maybe it's because I'm getting old, and it's just like oh my day. Yes. We had to put keys on the hook and whatever. But like, so I have this tile thing because my kids kept on losing their Kindles. Um, uh huh. And and it totally has made it worse. I will agree. Like they'll come and be like, hey, can you find my Kindle? And we'll say, hey Google, can you find the Kindle? And uh-huh. it'll show up, and it's like on the charger. And you're just like, what the did you look at all? <laughs> but. But yeah. once again, I am horrible at finding things, and I was horrible the whole time until Tile came. Like, I, it didn't fix it. It just made my life miserable. So I'm glad that their lives will be less miserable, that we have these things attached to their stuff. Like, that's, a, that's progress. That's success. Yeah, it's... We can, yeah. we can spend that time doing other stuff now. There's got to be a limit on it, though. Like, there's got to be a place... That, that was, there has to be, I yeah. Mean, it's so depressing now that I don't have to spend 80% of my time finding food. Like no, it's not. It's really exciting that I don't spend any sort of my time finding food. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I, you know, I'm fine with the fact that I can't build a fire with sticks. You know, that I need an actual match to start a fire. Like I'm okay with that because I'm never going to be in a situation where I need to do. Well, hopefully, I'll never be in a situation where I need to do that. <laughs> you won't but, last long, so it won't be a big deal. But don't worry. Yeah. Next time, next time we go like camp at the beach or whatever, I come out to South Carolina. I'll just like take you out to the woods, leave you there. <laughs> <laughs> Force me to like, start see you later. with no sense of direction and uh yep. and no yeah. fire starting skills. <laughs> I'll be really screwed. My only my only fire skills came from watching uh Castaway. You remember when he made the fire? That's when he oh, cut God, himself yeah. and made uh made Wilson. Oh man, that was a great mm-hmm. movie. I love that. <laughs> so I no, I think this is all just yes, people pining for Yeah, I mean well, okay. I feel it's all good. I feel like it's all there so that people don't have to have ownership over those things anymore, and that that's where it gets dangerous. I think, like you don't have any like self accountability for for some of the things. But but that's Why where that? I say like that there has to be a line, right? Like, well, for things like I don't know, making a fire. Maybe you should learn how to make a fire just in case. Like you know, you don't have to. Like I have. A hundred lighters sitting around this house. There's there's no point if I'm at home that I'll ever have to make my own fire with sticks or magnesium or something like that. I, I have the lighters. Well, I'm good. But see, like, so let's go down this path because, like, I do have a magnesium stick for making fires. So, like, right, yeah. what if I don't have a magnesium stick? Like, I, I I thought I was all proud of myself. I was like, oh, I can start a fire with uh, with flint and steel. And I'm like, that's like if I had a match. It's 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 actually yeah. bigger. Well, well, it's, it's well, you, <laughs> well. You step down it though, right? Because well, you go to like the magnesium flint stick, and then from there you go. Okay, now how do I do it without that? So so you're like progressing. You're getting, still. I'm getting you're progressing better. and yes. learning. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the next step that you're on. Yes. Yeah, and I don't I I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about the calculator. I don't care about the GPS. Like I'm fine with all this, but I just I worry about this pattern. I worry that eventually it's going to get to the place where the trade-offs we're not even thinking about the trade-offs anymore. I mean, it's the same thing with like I think the biggest one is Google. Like people don't have to remember anything. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. just look things up anytime you want. Well, and they can That's curate the list how they want to. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think I told you guys like I was a Maybe I'm pretty sure I've told Kurt about this, but like I, I was a kid that asked lots of why questions, and my parents had to have oh, yeah. ways to get me to shut up. And my mom's way was to besides tell me the it was backhand. a law of physics. Yeah, besides the backhand. Yes, my mom's was to tell me it was a law of physics, and my dad's was to tell me, "Oh, that's an interesting question. Why don't you go research it and write a five-paragraph essay?" Um, and I just say, "Go ask Google." 
Like it's it's pretty amazing <laughs> that I don't have to like deny my children knowledge. I just like the world's knowledge is at your fingertips. Yeah, go so, ask Google is the new go ask your mom. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, I think I think that's all. So is that is that an example so, of a, a trade off though? Like you you know this could be a this could be an experience where you're learning something together and researching and you know like being a it being an activity and now it's just a go ask Google and then it's well, done. I guess like I think is the, the the contrast that I'm trying to make is like with uh what was it a uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one. Do you guys remember that book? Yeah, where they burn all the books and stuff. They burn all the books, and then there's I like this the group of people. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> there's this group of people that have memorized books, right? Like, we have no need for a person to memorize books in our society. That's pretty cool that they can memorize a whole book. And, like, a human being could do that. That's, that's a pretty amazing phenomenon. But, it's did, you know, we don't need that anymore. Did y'all ever read The Giver by Lois Lowry? No. Oh, that was my. I didn't even see the movie. How, that was my okay, favorite kids book. How how many times have you asked? Have I read something? And I've said yes. I'm just curious. <laughs> but this is like a kids book. Like you would have read it when you were like. I know, kids. but but just in general, just in general. <laughs> All right, you've including never read this anything. is a no. <laughs> well, I, I'm just curious. You, like, I don't think you've ever been like, hey, have you ever read? Oh, have you ever seen? Oh, have you done? And I've been like, oh, yeah, totally. In general, I've given up on asking, and I just assume you haven't. But this time, I thought maybe you read it you in school or something. You do on every podcast. You do no, it just once on that's every podcast. No, I just say I've every been reading. Every single podcast. <laughs> I've been like... Now, shut up so for a second. I read the... <laughs> because... <laughs> because the giver... This is the, this is the plot of the giver. So it's like far in the future... Every problem has been solved. There's no pain. There's no hunger. If you get a cut, there's, you know, like anything from a cut to like terminal cancer. There's a, a single pill that just fixes everything. So nobody mm -hmm. knows any sort of suffering. And then the giver is the name of this old guy who has these memories. He like remembers what it's like to be really, really hungry or to be freezing or to, to see someone that you love like dying or something. Um, and then the giver is getting really old and he's going to die and all those memories would be lost. So they have to select a new giver. So the old giver has to like pass these memories along and it's this huge burden to take on. And uh, I feel like this is, I, can't, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like at a certain point, we we forget what it's like to struggle. And I don't know, I don't know when that becomes too much. But I mean, you could say that about everything. Like like Eric was saying earlier, like I don't have to spend 80% of my time collecting food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that... That's just evolution at this point, and and with technology, it's exponential. Like it, it's just going yeah. going out of control. We, and then you get AI are, in there and self learning and all that shit. It's just it's gone. We are past the point of struggle. Well, I mean, many people are. We struggling. don't organize do our mean? society. Well, in a way. we we so should case, be, but yeah, we <laughs> should be past the point of struggle, but we are not. Yeah, and I, I would say there are significant parts of our society that are past the point of struggle. Oh, absolutely. All right, if okay. you have money, and there could be more. And that you know what, like that's that's the one that that's my favorite part when people are like, what would happen if if we did like a, a guaranteed income, like people would stop working and not do anything. And I was like, we have people that have a guaranteed income. They're not a big part of the population, but they exist, and their lives are. And, oh, that's the other. Their people's lives would be miserable. They would have no meaning. I'm like, no. I think independently wealthy people have plenty of meaning in their life and joy mm -hmm. and happiness. Like it's, it's not you the end of the world to meaning. not have to have pain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle yeah. just retired, and he's got plenty of meaning. Like that's that's not yes, his problem. It's, it's like not it's, his problem. It's figuring out out of all the hundreds of things he wants to do with his free time. What's he gonna pick? <laughs> what's he gonna do? Like, he, he's okay, on a yacht that's... with a with a young blonde. <laughs> he's on, hey, he's Mike, got... how's it going? <laughs> he's on a yacht with an old blonde. Wish you were here. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I think that that's the part where people, I think that people get meaning from their work and from what they do but that's not the only place they would get meeting and if you made it so their life was easier they would get meeting from other stuff just like we've done when we stopped having to have everybody work making food and when we stopped having to make everybody work in factories like this happened over and over again this is just getting to more people now is really what it comes down to it's like oh yeah it's you more widespread one percent of the people that didn't have to do work what if it was everyone and everybody's freaking out and it's like no that's it'll be better when everyone doesn't well, have to do that well, it's like internet, right? It's just like, oh, what happens when everybody gets internet? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has access to the internet. There's more data. I probably I probably shouldn't worry so much anyway, because humankind will always find new and creative ways to suffer no matter no matter how much progress we make. So uh, this is a total tangent, but it's one of my 
one of my wife's great fun beliefs. Where we, like whenever we talk about ecology and you know, like the climate change or things like that, her attitude is basically like, I, I think the earth will figure it out. Um, like she has no concern for human race. She's like, I mean, maybe they'll kill off the human race. I bet the earth has got this though. It will, will take care of itself. And I just, I just love that perspective on, yeah, okay, that's probably true. That, uh, yeah, that that actually is true. Yeah, like if if the earth gets so bad that we all die, then that we all die, and then it fixes everything. Yeah, <laughs> and then it fixes it. Yeah, so <laughs> that's pretty great. The earth will probably be fine. So as long as we don't kill the planet with us, yes, then your wife yeah. is good. All right, then she's good. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. Well, we like our goal isn't to kill the planet, right? We'll just we're just slowly doing it. I mean, but, you know, we'll probably kill ourselves. Our first. goal in this so. call is not to kill the planet. Yes, but I'm, I'm sure there are people <laughs> out there that they're they're willing to kill the planet. Speak for yourself. They're willing. That's the difference. Yes, they're willing. They're not. That's not the goal. Oh, no and point. they're trying. Oh, they're they're trying. <laughs> there are people that are trying. Uh, all right. Can I that tell one other random uh, long vision story? Which is no. Completely unrelated. All right, go for it. <laughs> we got sixteen so, minutes to fill. Go. My 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 uh, my kids are in a Montessori school, and so they they do all this fun stuff with long division, but they make it math really fun, so kids want to do a lot of it. And so sometimes they'll just ask for really big problems, and they just do the long division, but they just keep on taping pieces of paper together. So they'll finish after a day of just doing one long division problem, and it'll be like sixteen pieces of paper. That have just this long division thing going all the way down it. It's pretty pretty crazy. And they that do is that pretty purpose. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's working together, man. Mm-hmm. All right, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna get real. You ready? What are you both most anxious about right now? You should start, Critter, since you have the question already locked and loaded. You already have your answer to give us time. I feel like anything I say will just be the stuff we just talked about on my, on our last podcast. But I can I can talk about it. Oh right. Anxious about. You are you one of those people that doesn't get anxious? So here's here's what I I'm don't anxious. really get anxious that much. But... You're like a we we should talk about that actually. I feel like you're a you're a stoic, but you not intentionally. It's just like your natural state or something. All right. What I'm most anxious about is. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a weird silence that happened. There. I know. I didn't know if anybody was talking to, to Eric. That. Yeah, I was talking to Eric every time. All right. Okay. Just just Let's... wanted to make sure he made no noise. So I was just like, "Who the fuck are you talking to?" <laughs> like uh, one of the uh, I'm I, ignoring what ma- makes me most anxious because I think this is interesting. One of the times I was talking to Eric, um, he was you were getting like con- work done by contractors or something, and I was like, "Does that not stress you out having all these people in your house like tearing it down and you're trying to work?" And you're like, no, I just kind of accept that whatever's happening is happening and move on with my life. That's my philosophy. And that's like exactly what stoicism is. Like you don't let the things happening around you can control your emotions. But you've never called yourself a stoic. So I don't know if you've like, is that an intentional philosophy that you follow? Or is just like you naturally are that kind of? Um, I think, I mean, naturally, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into whether it's a genetic thing or a... <laughs> right, right, right. Like, but, but, uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I find it easy to do that. Let's put it that way. And this wasn't like easy to, you never learned that this is a a philosophy that people follow. This is just something that I'm pretty sure I was like this before I learned what stoicism was. Yes. I think, I think moving around a lot as a child and having little control over where things are and where they're going uh, makes you, you either like screws you up to all get out or you like become okay with things, uh, being different. Right, so, yeah. So, so I was just gonna say, I, 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 I mean, me and you have been talking a little more, Eric, in one on ones, and and it seems like you're you're someone who recognizes what it is to go without. Yeah. Whereas, like, Not, yeah. someone like Critter over here that has had the <laughs> cushy life and never left town <laughs> has never gone uh, without. So you think that's what it yeah. is? You've seen you've seen what it's I, like I think that have. helps towards it. Yeah. I think it helps. Yes. I think it. I think it makes it so. I think because if you don't, then then. You have to find some way to cope with not having control. Tim Ferriss talks about fear setting, which is just like, you know, if I do this, what is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen? And then how bad would that really be? You know, like if I try this, say that it gets me fired and I can't find another job for, you know, a year. How bad would that really be? You know, like I could move in with my then mom. Then turn I to could... the pipe. Then you have to like start selling yourself <laughs> on the corner, and it's just it's real bad, real dark, real quick. I, nobody you end up would buy an me. Overpass. 
<laughs> you think I can well, sell myself course, on the corner? <laughs> You'd be surprised, Gritter. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, you are petite. Yeah. Hey, I'm average. You got that runner's body. <laughs> I do. You got, you got the runner's body. You keep it in shape smile. for a reason, right? You got, yes. That is not the reason. <laughs> you still got all your teeth, buddy. They pay good money for that. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised. Let's um, take a dark turn. You're welcome. <laughs> But yeah, I think that I think that I don't think that is the only way. Like, I feel like my my wife actually had a much more uh, dramatic experience childhood, and I don't think she's that way. I think she has more anxiety around, and like she has to think through all the things that we're gonna do and all the ways they're gonna go. And I think I'm much more of the like, it's gonna happen. Like, let's, you know, it it actually helps a lot in work being agile because it's kind of the same thing, which is like that generally seems like the right direction. Mm-hmm. So let's just start that way. We'll be right some of the time right yeah. like that's that's the pattern your whole your whole thing about your childhood just touched on as you know this is one of my favorite topics like to what extent does someone's childhood and upbringing actually affect who they become as an adult and i think yeah. this is a great example you and your wife both had difficult childhoods and ended up totally differently and yet you still find a way to say your childhood so affected you i so i totally agree with you on this but i do actually have a reason why ours are different okay hit me um because mine was actually not um, there was not actual danger involved. There was just it's trauma. Just moving. Yeah, like and moving. Uh, I think I said this to you, like Jake's once. Like, like if, I, if we ran out of money, we moved in with my grandparents, right? Um, when my wife's family ran out of money, they like moved across town, started getting food from the church. Like, you know, like it was a it was a totally different experience of of trauma. So her uh-huh. trauma comes out as really negative. My trauma comes out as like being around family, right? So. I experienced it. I thought to go. I thought to deal with that. I lost my school and I lost all these things. But the alternative was not nearly as traumatic. So your hypothesis is that if you grew up in a like middle class family in the same house for the first twenty years, you would have you would have turned out totally different. Could you imagine what I would be like? <laughs> You'd be the same. That's my. I think everybody drastically you, you think I would be the same with stability. Are you fucking kidding? I me? think I think everyone no. everyone is very good at saying I am the way I am because of something that happened when I was a kid, uh, and I think I, the data I does think, not show that that's true. No, no, I think Mike. I think that especially if you look at the book that you made me read about this, uh, <laughs> which Jace hasn't read. Um, <laughs> um, Thank there's, you for there's always a threshold. There's a whole threshold on that. Like, yes, there are. There's the underlying things. And stability is one of those key things. Not having stability is definitely going to have an effect on. On people, not having stability. Okay, yes. experiences has have effect. Well, on especially people. especially the early development years too, right? Because that that's when your mind is starting to settle of like what life is, and you're just starting to understand what it is. And if it's just fucking chaos and things changing all the time, you're gonna have detachment issues. I mean, that's just yes. something that comes along with it. And and you can work to get better at it and like counteract those things, but it's still the default, right? That that's still like. Oh, I, I have to it. actually try yeah. to well, to make connections. I'll throw in another book because I feel like this is now a game, um, which <laughs> is the Hidden Half. Um, oh yeah, where where yeah, like these things can have meaning and not and still not be determinate, right? Okay, I don't think that it's determinate. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have an effect. Well, uh, yeah, I, I will agree that it has. It, it probably has some effect, but my my point is like you can't point to your childhood and say I am the way I am because of X unless X was like an insanely formative moment or something. Like, uh, so Jace, for you, I think there are plenty of people who didn't move around a lot and and had no like attachment, you know, like tra- attachment trauma or something growing up that still have a fear of attachment growing up. I mean, uh, right? But they adult. they could have. But they could have gotten it from something else. Like for me, it was moving around, losing all my friends every year. I mean that that's that's basically what it is, right? Is I lose all my friends and everybody that I know, all the teachers, everything, all the stability is gone. I'm living in a new neighborhood with a bunch of new kids I don't fucking know. Like it 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 changes, and then you add in the fact that like I'm a white kid moving into a non-white neighborhood, <laughs> then it becomes like there's there's extra levels of shit and fear and anxieties that come with that too. But you don't you don't think there's anybody that grew up with a similar childhood that doesn't have a fear of attachment? I, I think there, there are. Definitely I, well, is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I point. think there's all kinds of varieties. No, no. I'm just saying. But but for me, that's what that's kind of the point, right? Is it's it's like per case basis, and, and it it just is. And and like I was saying, there there's ways to counteract it. And some people 
you know, devote their lives to no longer have detachment issues to like have meaningful connections and stuff. And they're, they, they act like they've never had a problem before, but then, you know, they, they have that underlying thing of like, Oh, they actively have to do it and think about it and make it work for them in their own way. Yeah. And there's, there are so many other things that intervene, Mike, that I get your point. Like you can't say that let's lead to this mm-hmm. categorically. Um, you can say, so it's interesting. You basically can't say it at the middle level. You can say it at the high level where like there's a, you know, in a group, like big group of people, right? This tends to have an effect. And at an individual uh-huh. level, you can probably try to understand what affected a person. But in the middle space, you, you can't really do much of that. You can't, you can't say, oh, that person has that. So they're going to turn out this way. That doesn't exist, right? But That's you can toxic. look at the outcome and try to describe it. I, I don't I don't know I mean I don't know how long we want to go down this path but I think it definitely depends on what specific oh, thing what specific thing you're talking about like I, I can so the 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 one of the big things in the book and you just mentioned it was like as long as a parent meets a minimum bar for being a, just a not bad parent then their kid's gonna turn out how they turn out and I think the question is like what is a minimum bar like does being ripped away from your friends multiple times a year growing up is that below the minimum bar if so then the book agrees that that's gonna have an effect on you. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I mean, there's just so many things about like early development, right? That's like the statistics of it are horrible. Like, I I just don't like reading any of them. But like, even being born without a father and stuff like that, there's all kinds of crazy statistics about ending up in jail and or dead and shit like that. Yeah, I I think I think the difference comes in like is that so this is where the book I think reads statistics in an interesting way, and I think it misses some of the picture. It's it it's instead of saying like contrasting these two things it like looks inside of this group and says how do those outcomes all correlate and then they all correlate because there is all this other stuff that affects it and i think that that's you you can accept that lots of other things affect it and still affect that it has this overriding piece on it and i mean and when you look at individual cases those things can be really easy to see those those other pieces that might have had an effect on it so Mm. i went like my my high school is my 13th school um so i moved around a lot but I had a really, really uh, centered extended family during that whole period. So, like, that probably has less of an effect on me because of that. I spent every summer with the same people every year for most of my childhood, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there, there's a grounding in that space, even though the other piece was, yes, losing friends constantly every single year. So it's interesting because what it makes it is somebody who might be good at making friends, but doesn't have, like, crazy attachment problems. <laughs> Because both of those things occurred, right? I had to make friends all the time, but it really didn't matter if I made friends because it wasn't like I needed that for my human interaction. But right? like everything that you're saying is so logical, but it's like I think that's that's the point. It's like it's it's so easy to, to look back and say I am this way because of X. And I think uh, I think that that's that's why it's so interesting to, you know, if there was an identical twin Eric who grew up in a family that never moved, then we would be able to actually test if that's true. And in a lot of cases, it seems like it turns out that that's not true. I don't know if that would be true in your specific situation. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that are different about us. That's the problem. There's but genetically, you're the different. same. Yeah, so genetically, you're the same. But but even that, like how your genetics get activated is not the same, right? So that part really isn't even really the same. And then our experiences might generally be the same. But there's a million other things that, that come up that, that could be other things. Like that's the hidden half part, right? But all this other stuff. No, I'm saying I'm saying the opposite. Life. I'm saying the opposite. When people try to explain, here's what I'm saying. When people try to explain, uh, like this was my, this is totally sold me in the book, right? They're like, when people have the battle over nature versus nurture, right? You fight all day long over how much those two things affect outcomes. They affect less than fifty percent of outcomes. So half of what affects outcomes is something else, (laughs) right? It doesn't mean that those things don't have value and don't affect outcomes. It just means that. You can't look at that as the only outcome effector. What what else is there besides nature and nurture? What do yeah, you mean? that's the beauty. That's the thing. Who knows? Like, that's the point. It's like there's all this other stuff. Nature and nurture only explain 50% of outcomes. There's other stuff we don't know. It's the stuff we don't know that affects the things. All right. You want to know what I'm most anxious about? It's the fact that this podcast ends in two minutes, and I feel like we're just we're just getting started here. This is depressing. You're depressing if that's the only thing that you're anxious about. <laughs> I actually am anxious about way more things, but I'm gonna save it for a, a future podcast. I thought of a, I thought of a zinger, but it's not a good one for 
like at the very end. I thought of a zinger, oh. but I'm not going to drop it because it's not really a zinger. Is that no, I just want you to pretend like I have a good idea. Yeah, I have a really good idea, guys, but you know, yeah. I don't want to drop I, it. I've, I had three really good ones, but you know, you'll have to bring me on to another podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have to spread them out, you know, save the good ideas for later. Listen, you jerks, I actually do have a zinger, but now I'm never going to say it. I'm just going to keep it to myself. <laughs> Well, I got a really good segue here, but, you know, I'm just going to keep that to myself. So I guess we just end you know what? Jace, I would say it was it was great. I agree. Uh, your segue was going to be amazing. Sweet. I'm sorry that Kudder ruined it for us. Thanks. I know. Kudder just ruins everything. Uh, all right. I'm just proud. I'll, I'll, I'll end by saying this. I am very proud of myself to get Jace to agree with Kudder on something. I think that is exactly what you guys want in a guest appearance. And so... Well, I mean... Um, that's why I, I, I think we agree you're really bad at spelling and grammar. <laughs> We've agreed yeah. on that since day one. The, the only person who can be so outlandish that Jason and I both argue is, is Eric. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was going for. All right, All right, should we wrap it? I guess so. That sure, was a blast. Do it. All right. <laughs> you, well. always, you said that last time, too. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was the top All five right. episode. That was fun. All right. Let's do it again in a few weeks. All right. Later, pals. Later. Bye. Bye. Yep. What's that? <laughs> that was me making a fart noise in the mic, and then Jace left so he couldn't hear it. <laughs> but why did I hear it? Where are you? You're still in the clean feed. Oh, you're still in the clean feed. All right. <laughs> That's really funny. I was like, I'm still in the, the hangouts around here somewhere because I can still hear him. Not, not, not the other way around. I didn't know anybody was. I saw Jace left it. I didn't realize you were still here. And then you're like, what was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> all right. Have a good weekend, right, mate. See you. You too. Bye. Oh, can I say one thing about that? I think that's so funny. What is what is so gone. funny? No, I'm here. Whenever you, I, was telling, I was telling my wife about this. You, you call me Bud or Buddy uh-huh. all the time. And, like, the only person that's ever called me that is my uncle, you know, starting when I was, like, five. Um, so it throws uh-huh. me for a loop every single time when you call me that. I'm like, why is he calling me buddy? You, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he just does that all the time. But he does it every time in my brain. <laughs> you mentioned that one time. And and so I got really weird about it. And I went back to my team. And I was like, if I call y'all buddy, is that a weird thing to say? And uh, uh-huh. every, everybody universally agreed, yes, it's weird. And one guy said... <laughs> One guy said it's like it's only appropriate to call either a kid that or like if you're about to get in a fight in a bar. You're like, I don't like the look at bud. You want to take it outside, buddy? Like literally, I want you to punch. Me. I want to punch you in the face. So yeah. I'm gonna call you. <laughs> so, but yeah, it just it still comes out. I can't help it. I'm so used to it. Oh, that's really interesting. So it wasn't just me. Okay. Yeah, apparently it's just me that thinks it's a normal thing to call somebody. <laughs> It's pretty funny, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely. I didn't think about the getting punched in the face version, but I'll... yeah, I love it. Ever since he said that, I, you can't stop thinking about that. It's it's he's totally right too. Like you got a problem, bud? <laughs> can, can I condescend to you? Yeah. <laughs> can I can I close off any avenue for this to not result in a fight? Yeah, it's very effective for that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, buddy. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>